What happens when you hear the Word of God? When you hear the Bible preached or you read the Bible, what happens? How do you respond? We're going to look at one of, the, one of my favorite parables in the Bible that Jesus talks about. will be in Matthew 13. And Jesus talks about different responses that people have to hearing the Word of God. Three of them are destructive, and one of them is life-giving and life-transforming. So let's, let's take a look at the different ways that people respond. So here is the parable. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. So he's preaching from a boat in the water. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. He's in SoCal. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed some seeds, this is somebody, a sower, and I mean, I don't, we don't really use that. Oh, a sower, it's a farmer that's throwing seeds, okay? So, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed some seeds. Some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear." So what happens next is the disciples ask Jesus, what does this mean? Uh, Jesus was always speaking in parables, and often the disciples were clueless and had no idea what he was talking about. So we'll jump down to the next section when Jesus describes and says what he's talking about in this parable. And this is what we're going to look at. We're going to look at the different soils. And as we look at this, this is what I want you to do. We're going to talk about four different kinds of soils that seed falls in. That the word of God, when preached, that the gospel, when heard, when read, different soils that it falls in. And as you hear these, what I want you to do is find yourself in here. Where are you? What soil? What, where are you right now, currently? Yeah, that's, that's exactly where I'm at. Or what are the proclivities in your heart? Maybe you're not there right now, but they're the things that you know you're naturally drawn to. So I want you, as we talk about these different soils that Jesus will tell us what they mean, to find yourself in the story. Find yourself in the parable. Jesus is not just telling this as some nice little children's story. It is for you to find yourself in the story. So here is Jesus' description of the first one. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one, that's the devil, comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This, what was sown, this is what was sown along the path. So the first, the first um, place that the seed went was on the path. It was just on the hard ground. And the seed goes down and it falls along the path. It doesn't go in dirt. It doesn't go in the. It doesn't uh, ever grow roots. The seed is pl- 
planted and it just hits the path. And that's it. And Jesus says that what happens here is when somebody hears the word of the kingdom, this is, this is the gospel, this is the good news about Jesus, this is the idea, let me just tell you, because we will be going through these four different ones, what the word of the kingdom is. The word of the kingdom is this. Here's the story of what that means. And some of you were uh, with us earlier today as we talked about the gospel in depth. But here is the word of the kingdom. It's that the world was created by God and it was good. God declared it to be good. Everything that, that you imagine paradise to be. There was perfect harmony with one another and perfect harmony with God and perfect harmony with the creation around us. God said it was good. And then man and woman turned against God. Adam and Eve in the garden turned against God and said, we want to do our own thing. We want to be our own gods. And ever since then, that is the nature in all of us. The nature in each one of us is to reject God, dismiss God, ignore God, do our own thing. Sometimes that looks like a completely rebellious, licentious life, and other times it looks like a very, very good life, but apart from God. And then what happens is God's not okay with that. God wants us to be in his family. God wants us to have right relationship with him. So he sends Jesus. Jesus comes to this earth, and he lives the perfect life. And then he goes to the cross and he dies in our place. See, our sin, our rejection, ignoring, dismissing of God should lead us to death. And it will lead to physical death and spiritual death. But instead of us having to pay the price for our sin, Jesus does that in our place. He does that in our place. Not because we earned it, not because we deserve it, but sheer grace. That God comes down to us instead of saying, you need to work your way out of this sin up to me. God comes down to us in Jesus. And on the cross, he pays for our debt. And then he gives us new life. As he raises from the dead, he gives us new life. He gives us relationship with him. And sometimes in the Bible, this is called the, the word of the kingdom, or Jesus announces the kingdom, or he preaches the gospel of the kingdom, saying there's good news that God will restore all things to the way they were meant to be because King Jesus has come. And we can now have life in God's kingdom, which is life in relationship with him. Life the way it was meant to be. One day fully, now in part. So when we hear that in all the different bits and pieces of how that applies to our life, of how it applies to um, your marriage, of how it applies to dating, of how it applies to work, of how it applies to patience, of how it applies to frustrations, of how it applies to your computer crashing, of how it applies to all the different things in your life. When you hear that, here's the responses. So the first, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, you see, this is the stuff that was put on the path. So why, why, didn't, why didn't it bear fruit? What happened? Well, there's two things that we see. It's on the path which represents hardened heart. See, it represents a hardened heart. It doesn't plant in soil that is receptive. It plants in soil that is hardened, because it's not soil, it's a path. It plants, and it never actually takes root. 
It never takes root. It never grows. Nothing happens because it just hits the path. It's hard. This is when you hear the word of God and two different things can happen. You can have an arrogance about you that says, I don't need to hear this. I don't need to know this. I already have this. And there's a hardness that is already putting up barriers. There's a hardness that's already putting up a guard. And so the word of God can never actually get in because you've hardened your heart, which is an opportunity for the devil then to to take away the seed that God would plant in you. Or it can be, when you have a hardened heart, and so anytime you hear even something about God or the Bible, that it's, ah, that's not true. Uh, I don't think God's like that. I don't think God would forgive me. I don't think God would give me grace. I don't think God is good. I don't think God is wise. I don't think God knows what he's talking about. I don't. And there's a, there's a rejection immediately because there's a hardened heart, and it gives opportunity for the devil then to take, to take it away, and it never bears fruit. You have to know that there actually is a spiritual battle that takes place, that there actually is a devil that doesn't want us to have God's word take root. So the first thing that happens is that it is snatched away, Jesus says. The devil comes and snatches away what has been sown. This is what was sown along the hardened path. That's the first response. Is that, is that where you are? When you hear the word of God preached, when you read the Bible, is there a hardness to your disposition? Is there a hardness to when you hear about God's character or what he wants you to do? Is there a hardness that doesn't even let God in? That's the first. Soil number two is scorched. Here's what Jesus says. In the first part, he said it was scorched. As he explains it, he doesn't use that word, but here's what he says. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. So here's what happened. It's what you want to happen when the word is preached. It's what you want to happen when you hear the gospel. He receives it immediately with joy. That's good, right? That's what we want to see happen. That the Bible is preached, that the gospel is heard, and the response is joy immediately. If you've ever come on a Sunday or you've ever read the Bible and your immediate response was joy, is that not what we want to happen? Yes, it is. But then what happens after that? Well, there's still joy. There's still joy. Maybe, maybe you've heard um, the gospel preached. Maybe you've heard new things about God. Maybe you've heard new things about his word. And you are immediately filled with joy. And that goes on for a while. How long? We don't know. They endure for a while. But how long does it happen? Well, only as long as it takes until something comes into life, tribulation or persecution that arises on account of the word, that causes us to deviate from that. You see, the, the seed that was planted in the rocks, the problem is you, you could, we could look at these flowers, and these flowers 
are very dead looking, but they could look alive for a while. You wouldn't know. If I just took a brand new flower and I stuck it in the ground, it could look alive, right? But if it has no roots, eventually it will die. It's already dead, in fact, but eventually it will wither away. It'll wither away. It can look alive, but really there's no roots. Underneath, we see that it's, it's just rocks. There's no, there's no roots that are actually there. See, what, what happened that caused, that caused this? Jesus says that it's tribulation or persecution that arise on account of the word. So let's look at both of those. Tribulation is more of external circumstances that get difficult. So do you think that your life will always be easy or easier because of the word of God? No, it will not. Your life may get harder on account of the word of God. There may be things in your life that become more difficult. Maybe um, as you begin to learn about God's purposes for your life, it takes more sacrifice. It takes more time. It takes more money. Maybe as you begin to consider what God would have for you, life gets harder. There's external tribulation. Tribulation just means rough times. Have things ever gotten harder for you because of the word of God? Has your life ever gotten harder? Persecution is from people. So tribulation is your life getting harder. Different things that, that happen that get harder in your life. Persecution is people. It might be your family. It might be your employer. It might be your coworkers. It might be your friends. It might be people on Facebook. It might be in other countries. It may be the, the government. Persecution is individuals or groups of people that are against you because of the word. Because of what you believe about God, about the Bible, about Jesus, about what he says. And what they think about you, what they do to you, what they say about you. So here's the situation that happens. You see, this person receives the word of God with joy. They receive it with joy immediately. But it doesn't last. They receive it immediately with joy, but then that same word, immediately he falls away. You see, this is a person with no roots. So it's just immediately joy, immediately fall away. Why? Because it's whatever feels good to that person at that time, in that moment. If you hear the word of God and you're like, yeah, that sounds great. I love it. That's awesome. God's cool. Life's great. I love it. I'm excited. And then stuff gets hard. It's like, ah, never mind. Because you're making decisions and you're flowing with whatever feels good to you in the moment. There's no roots planted that can withstand, in this illustration, the sun coming on you. You see, Part of how we killed these flowers to make them look like this was with hot air from a blow dryer. 
So, FYI, don't blow dry your flowers. But, but if they had been planted in the ground and there was heat on them, that wouldn't kill them. It might hurt them a little bit, but eventually they would be fine because there's roots planted. But if they're just planted in rocks, the heat will scorch them. It will kill them. Have there been times in your life, or is this now, where you get excited about the things of God? You get excited about what God says. You get excited about maybe his mission or his purposes or community or the gospel or spiritual disciplines or whatever it might be. You get excited about these things and you receive it with joy immediately. And then when persecution or tribulation come, forget about it. Immediately fall away. You will immediately fall away if there's no roots. Here's some practical uh, things of what this looks like. Are you somebody that is afraid of commitments? Are you someone that's afraid of committing to something? And I don't mean you should commit to anything that's out there, but are you afraid of making commitments? Are you someone that just does the minimum in any particular situation? Maybe even when it comes to, to church involvement, afraid of commitment, afraid of too much work, because you're always viewing things through the lens of what feels good to me. So if you like it, then great, you have joy. But if it gets hard, uh, no thank you. Do you not like to hear difficult things because it feels like heat to you? It feels like scorching to you? Do you not like to share your faith? Do you hide your faith because of a fear of persecution, what people will think, what people will say, what people will do? Do you like more to stay at a surface level? Don't get too deep. Don't talk about this area in my life. Don't talk about that area in my life. Look, we can talk about the things of God up here and just, you know, in a generality sort of way, but don't get deep because you don't have the roots to sustain it. You avoid difficult situations. Are you energized quickly by things? And you have more of a sprint mentality than a marathon mentality? Do you get excited about things easily and then fade away? What's the last thing that you got excited about spiritually? Maybe a year ago or a month ago or three months ago. or What's the last thing you got excited about spiritually? And what's happening with it today? Did you receive it immediately with joy? And now, uh, yeah, things got a little bit difficult. There was some tribulation, there was some persecution, or there was a fear of tribulation or a fear of persecution. See, the heat will come. The pressure will come. The sun, in this example, will rise. And if you do not have roots, you will not be able to endure. This is one of my um, great concerns for all of us, especially um, many of us in this room are younger. For young people, it is really easy to get excited about things. 
this cause, this movement, this idea, this thing, but it's because we're self-centered. It's not actually because we are trying to plant deep roots. It's because it feels good in the moment. But if persecution and tribulation come, it'll feel good not to go there. We need to plant deep roots. We need to plant deep roots. If this is where you are right now, then my call to you would be to repent of being shallow, of being surface level, of going with what feels good to you, but not with a commitment to actually plant roots. This can be spiritually to plant roots, to let the Word of God take deep root in your life, or this can be even physically to say, I'm going to not just do what feels good to me in the moment, but I'm going to plant roots. I'm going to give my time, my energy, my effort to this. I mean, this is something that we all need to hear. In, I mean, think about why there's, why there's so many divorces in our country. Well, there's probably a lot of reasons, but I would say at least one of them is because someone immediately received with joy a woman or a man, and then when pressure came, uh, immediately I'll leave. It's whatever feels good instead of, I'm going to plant roots in this church, I'm going to plant roots in this marriage, I'm going to plant roots in this city, I'm going to plant roots in this family, I'm going to plant roots in the Word of God. Are you someone that goes with just what feels good, but when there's hard times or people in your life that may think bad about you, may say bad about you, or do bad about you, you fall away. Third, strangled. Jesus says, as for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Now, this one's really interesting because the first one was the devil. The second one is tribulation and persecution. This one, it's very mundane. The cares of the world. Do you have cares in the world? And the deceitfulness of riches. This is very mundane. The devil, persecution, tribulation, the evil one. Those all sound scary. The cares of the world. You have cares in this world? Little things, mundane things, small things, everyday things. It is not just the devil that will keep you from the word of God. It is not just persecution and tribulation What about just the cares of this world? What about just your job, your family, money problems, money worries, or the deceitfulness of riches, which is the desire for wealth? And it says the deceitfulness of riches because it always promises things it cannot deliver. It is deceptive. And this one takes time. You see, as the thorns grow up, they choke out the flowers. In this illustration, and here it's uh, wheat or something. I know this is graphic, but listen to this. If you chop off someone's head, how quick do they die? 
Immediately. If you shoot someone in the head, how quick do they die? Immediately. If you choke someone, how long does that take? Hopefully none of you know. Um, it, it takes a while though, right? It doesn't happen instantaneously. That's what's interesting about this one. This is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. That means it's a process that takes time. It is not something that happens immediately. It's not something that happens overnight. It's not something that happens instantaneously. It's something that is a slow growing process. See, the person in this situation thinks, I can have both. I can have both. It's fine. The thorns are okay. The flowers are okay. And they envision that it will be a thorn here and a flower here. And it's okay. We can coexist. There can be some cares of the world. There can be some of my pursuit of riches and wealth and success. It's okay. We can have both. They can exist side by side. And they will for a little while. But then those things begin to swirl around and choke it out. And that takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time for something to be choked out. It takes time for that strangling to take place. This may be happening in your life now where the word of God is strangled out for all intents and purposes. That the gospel has been strangled out of your life, choked out of your life. That the cares of this world... The mundane little things and the pursuit of what you believe that money will give you has caused the word of God to be unfruitful in your life. That may be full force right now, or you may be in the place where you go, no, it's okay, I can, I can do both. But if the seeds of thorns are there, they will grow, it will happen. It, the strangling, the choking will take place. And I believe this is the most deadly of the three. I believe it's the most deadly of the three because it's the only one that comes from within. See, the first one, the devil snatches away the seed, and there's a hardened heart that is conducive to that. The second one, there's pressure from outside, tribulation, persecution that causes somebody to fall away. But this one doesn't feel like something external is coming after you. It doesn't feel like some external force is coming towards you. It's your own desires. It's your own cares. It's your own pursuits. It's your own happiness. It feels more natural. It's something inside of you. It's internal. See, if there's tribulation in your life, you can recognize it. If there's persecution in your life, you can see it. You can feel it. If the devil snatches something away from you, if you're aware of that, you you can observe that. But if something is coming from within, it doesn't feel like an enemy that's attacking you. It feels like part of you. I care about this. I care about it. I care about it. I want this that money will bring. I think this is the most deadly because it is the one that comes from inside and it's the one that slowly grows up. It's the one that slowly begins to choke out what God would have in your life. So, how do you know if this is where you are at? 
the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. Well, what do you spend your money on? What do you spend your time on? What are you worried about? What do you worry about? What are you burdened by? What do you pray about? What are your goals that you have? Where, where in your life do you hide things? You don't want other people to see it. Where do you make excuses for the things that you're doing that are not flowing from God's word? See, the cares of the world are just the little things in life. It can be almost anything. It can be anything. Anything that you care about. Any little anxieties here, burdens here, worries here, things there that begin to choke out what God would have for you. The deceitfulness of riches often is paired up with that, but is believing that money will bring you what you're looking for in life. What do you want in life? What do you hope to get in life? Are you looking to God for that? Or do you look to money for that? These things often we believe can coexist, but they cannot. Later, Jesus says that we cannot serve both God and money because they choke, it chokes it out. And here's what it says. The cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. What I want you to picture is that God has spoken, he has given his word, he has given the gospel. That's the word, that's the seed. And if you are concerned with the cares of this world or the deceitfulness of riches, you are choking the gospel. You are choking God in some sense, not that you could kill him, but you are choking, resisting the growth that he wants to do in your life. And here's what's really sad about this. The result is that it's unfruitful. And it proves unfruitful. Here's why I say that's sad. What could I do with these flowers? When a seed is planted, if it's a flower seed, let's say, what can I do with these when they are fruitful now? Well, I could honor a relative that has passed away and place them on their grave. I could bring them to my wife to tell her I love her. I could bring them to my wife to tell her I'm sorry. I could bring <laughs> them to her grave. <laughs> God forbid. I could, um, I could use them to brighten up a home for hospitality purposes. I could use them as a sermon illustration to help communicate the word of God. I could use them as a housewarming present to, to give to you to honor your new home that you've arrived in. I could cook them at an organic restaurant. <laughs> I've eaten salads before with, with flowers in them. They're very weird. but There's many things that you could do, right? When something is fruitful. When something is fruitful. 
what's sad here is this, never, this seed never reaches the potential that God intends for it. That saddens me, and, and I pray and hope that this doesn't happen in your life. Because the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches can keep you from becoming who God wants you to be. They can keep you from being fruitful in life. They can keep you from all that God intends for you. I don't know what all of those little things are, just like there's countless more examples I could give with flowers. There's many things that happen when something is fruitful. But if the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke it out, no one wants these as a housewarming present. Here you go. You know, No one wants that as their uh, thank you for graduation or something like that. Here's some thorns and dead flowers. All that God intends for you to be, all that God wants to do in your life, to produce in your life, could be strangled could be choked out if the little things, the cares of this world, the pursuit of money and what you believe it will bring can keep you from that. And it's deceitful. It's not true. God wants a robust fruitfulness in your life. Are you deceived? Do you think that you are able to fit two things together? Do you think that you're able to be fruitful and yet let thorns grow? If this is where you're at, then my admonition to you would be to ask God to give you a love for what He loves instead of the cares of this world, instead of the deceitfulness of riches. Ask God to fill your heart with a love for what He loves, desire for what He desires, and repent of the places that you have allowed the thorn seeds to grow up. Maybe they're just planted right now. Maybe you can barely see them, and it's fine. But it will strangle out the fruitfulness that God has for your life. Fourth, and finally, I made this word up because I couldn't think of another S word, uh, solidified, but with soul. soul Soul-edified, okay? Years from now, when you see this in dictionaries, you will know that you were there when it happened. Solidified. The reason I put that together is because here's what happens. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. You see, the key difference between this one and everything else, the key difference is understanding. It's understanding. And this is not an understanding of just the verbal word spoken. Jesus didn't say, well, the problem was this guy was illiterate, this gal was illiterate, and this person was dumb. That's not, that's not what he's saying. So to understand is to take it deep in your soul and have it solidified there. soul edified. That there's an understanding that takes place, not just conceptually, not just theoretically. 
Not just, yes, I know about Jesus. Yes, I know about what he did on the cross. Yes, I know about the resurrection. Yes, I know about God. Yes, I know about his call in my life. Yes, I know about his mission in the world. Yes, I know about these things. Yes, I could teach you them. Not just that, but it's when the seed gets planted deep inside. It's when the seed gets planted deep inside and it takes root because there's an understanding, an experiential understanding that says, I know, how it can, I know how it connects to my life. I understand it. I, I get it. I've taken it deep inside. See, that's, that's what understanding is. It's not the understanding of just theoretical concepts. It's an understanding of life connection. Do you get, in all the different areas in your life, how the gospel connects? Do you understand that? That's what happens is these seeds take deeper and deeper and deeper root and get pressed down. The more you make the connections to all the different pieces in your life, that's understanding. That's understanding that bears fruit that causes a robust bouquet, not seed on a path, seed choked out by thorns, seed planted in rocks. This can withstand heat. This is not commingled with cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches. This is not on a hard heart. This is a soil that says, I want this to go deep inside of my soul. I want it to make connections with every piece of my life. I want to understand the gospel. I want to understand who Jesus is and what he has done and all the parts of my life. I want to understand deep so it's solid. It's solidified. That's what it means to understand. And different people will bear different fruit. Some 100, some 60, some 30. Different people will bear different fruit. The same person will bear different fruit at different times even. Let me share with you a few ways to cultivate this understanding, to take this deep into your heart. The first way is this, to tell others the word. The word gets planted in your own soul more deeply when you share it with other people. And when you ask other people about it in their life. When you ask what God is doing in each other's life. When you tell other people about what God's doing in your life. When you tell other people the gospel, when you ask other people about the connections in their life of the gospel, this helps take this into your soul. Secondly is just reading books. How often do you read and study? How else, I mean, when you go to school, the only way to take something deep into your soul to actually make it solid, to actually have it take root, is we read and we write and we do all of that, right? Well, the same is true. How, do you, how will you understand and take the gospel deep into your heart? Do you have a habit of reading, of studying the things of God? Whether that is blogs or sermons and podcasts or books. Third is to let the word dwell in you richly, as Paul says in Colossians which is to read the Bible meditating. 
I've said before that that is like a tea bag soaking, steeping. It's not just reading, okay, that's nice. But it's allowing yourself to take the word deeply inside of you by really contemplating and saying, who is God? What does he say? Letting that go deep inside of you. Preaching the gospel to yourself helps you connect it to all the different areas in your life. If the only time you hear the word preached is on Sunday, you will not be able to take the seed deeply into your soul. You have to preach to yourself in all the different parts in your life. Speak to yourself. David does this in the Psalms very often. One that comes to mind is when he would say, Why so downcast, O my soul? He's talking to his soul. Do you talk to your soul? Your soul is like your nice imaginary friend. Do you talk to your soul? Talk to your soul and connect the gospel to all the different parts of your life. How does it apply? That's understanding. Another one is to allow others to do that to you. Allow others to speak that to you. And finally, I would say this, a practical way to take the word of God deeply into our hearts, to be rooted deeply and planted deeply, is committing to hearing it regularly in the gathered context of the church. Is Sunday attendance at church a priority for you? Is Tuesday nights when we gather in community group a priority for you? Those are ways that you allow the gospel to get planted and kneaded in deeply into your heart, into your soul. And what happens in this fruit bearing is the opposite of what happened with the the one that was choked out. Is that these, as I said before, are used for the flowers are used for many different things. So as the word of God takes root deeply in your heart and in your soul, you are able to then share with other people because of what God's doing in you. It's fruitful. What does that mean, that it's fruitful? It means it actually causes an effect. It actually changes. It actually, I mean, when you talk about fruitfulness in anything, that's always about sharing. It's always about giving to people. There's always a blessing that's given. So if I were to plant a field of flowers and it was fruitful, if I were to plant a field of apples and it was fruitful, that means that it's given then. People receive it and something happens then in their life. They're able to receive it and enjoy it. So as God is working in your life, you then get to be a part of his work in other people's lives. That's what's really cool, that we get to be fruitful. See, there's many things in this parable. There's four soils, and in them, there are many things to draw you away from God. There's many things to draw you away from the gospel. And only three out of the four people represented here responded positively to the word of God. So where are you at? Where are you at? Which soil do you most identify with? Are you letting the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches, are you letting 
persecution and tribulation? Are you letting a hardened heart, are you letting these things keep you from taking the word of God deeply into your soul? Where are you at in the story? What do you most identify with? Wherever you are, I would ask you to, as we move into communion, to talk with God about that to confess that, to ask for His grace to receive the Word in a way where it actually changes your soul. And that He would give you understanding, not at a superficial level, but at a connecting to all life experiential level.